Welcome to Raid Podcast Legends, a weekly podcast all about Raid Shadow Legends. If you'd like to get in contact, send an email to raidpodcastlegends at gmail.com. G'day Legends, welcome to episode 10 of Raid Podcast Legends, the only podcast in the world, I think. No, there are definitely other podcasts. This is the only Raid Shadow Legends podcast that I make. There might not be another... I don't even know. Is there another one? When I first started making this podcast, I looked and I'm sure I saw another podcast, but I don't know if they're still going. Maybe. Maybe not. Are they better? Am I better? Could I be the best Raid Shadow Legends podcast in the world? Doubt it. Anyway, welcome. This is an interesting one. So, first things first. This week's episode is the positivity episode. But this is for a good reason. It is partly because last week was called the negativity episode. But it's mostly because of this other reason. I got my first review on iTunes. Yay! So let me read it out. It comes from Khan Stom's Rage, if that is your real name, and if it is, it's a freaking awesome name, who writes to me from iTunes in Canada. The heading is Pretty Good Listen, and he gave me four stars, and I do appreciate that. Thank you, Khan Stom's Rage. So here it is. <clears throat> Just found this a few days ago and was catching up during my commute first few were great as we all faced the same struggles in the early game and it was nice to hear another opinion. After episode 6, the negativity is creeping in. We all know the game needs work and they are moving in the right direction, but unless this is turning into a rant cast, less negativity would make it more enjoyable. Hmm. To be honest, my first response was actually annoyance. Like I said, I'm being honest. And I kind of thought, well, this is my podcast, Khan. And if I can't, if I keep coming across annoying things, then I'll keep bringing them up. However, on ruminating over these thoughts for a day or two, I realized that Khan is in fact right. Khan is 100% correct and their points are spot on. I actually realized that I probably need to sit back and think about who I'm making this podcast for. Is it for me and me alone? If so, then it's perfectly fine that I ramble on and on about all the things that annoy me. But it's also probably a massive waste of my time. Or is this podcast actually for the people that are listening and in that case, I need to think about why people would be listening to a Raid Shadow Legends podcast. And the fact is, they probably wouldn't be listening just to hear someone hate on the game. If they didn't enjoy the game, they'd probably just stop playing it and move on and not listen to a Raid Shadow Legends podcast. So yeah, the people listening are listening because they enjoy the game. So, I stand... Very much corrected. And if I'm really, really, really honest, again, even more honest, I stand redirected. 
So where last episode was the negativity episode, which was really the culmination of my growing annoyances over the past couple of months, this one is the positivity episode. A determined focus on what's good about the game. And from here on out, while I will discuss things that annoy me in the start of the episode, which is usually my progression rant, I will look to keep a more positive outlook for the rest of the topics that I take a look at, because let's face it, there's enough negativity in this world already. So, thank you, Khan Storm's Rage, who probably stopped listening when they noticed that episode 9 was called the negativity episode. I hope you're still on board while I transition into a more positive overlook, though. Apart from that, not much has happened <laughs> since last fortnight because I've just been logging in and doing my dailies and logging off, which is pretty much what I was saying last episode. Uh, well, I've decided as a result of this positivity stint, no more of that. No more. Stop it. Bad Greg. Because the arena is now apparently fixed, apparently, so I need to get my ass to silver as soon as possible. So I've got a goal. I want to get to silver before episode 11. And of course, episode 11 is the next episode. So I've got two weeks. Who knows if I'll actually be able to achieve that? I should. I'm in the upper uh, regions of, of bronze three. So I should be able to get through bronze four within the next two weeks. But either way, it gives me a goal, which is a good thing. Goals are awesome. Woohoo. So first things first, I need to up and star my Gorgorab to six stars and work him up to at least level 50. And then I need to build a team around him, which will be interesting because I really don't know who's good. And I am going to use a Yumi Loves website daily thing, ranking page thingo. Just to go through and see who Ayumi Love ranks as good arena attack champions. And I'll see who I've got. And then I'll see how to build them. And then I'll work towards those builds and try not to cry. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Anyway, so you might also remember Clinton from last episode. Or the episode before. Pretty sure it was last episode. But time goes so damn quickly, doesn't it? Well, Clinton gave me some arena tips, like I mentioned, I think, last episode, which I will go over in the tip section of this podcast today. We'll see if that helps me out. Hooray for Clinton. So how am I going with farming fragments of the legendary champion that was added two weeks ago? Not very well, to be honest. I think Plarium needs to work on the balance because the epic champion, whatever his name was, started with a H. Good guy. He was really, he was easy, so damned easy to get, almost too easy. All you had to do was log into the game, basically, and you got freaking fragments. But the legendary is pretty much impossible unless you really work at it, or you're a member of the whale folk. That was me trying to talk whale. I don't know how to speak whale. I don't know if it was clear. Maybe I've got an accent. But Plarium has acknowledged this and they are actively working on ways to fix it. So we will see. They might make it easier. There's some interesting things coming. So yeah, I will talk about in the news, which starts right now. News! Dun, da, da, da. I really need to get myself a news track or something. 
So the big news pretty much from the last fortnight is that update 2.12 is now live and it didn't happen the day after last episode, which made me happy. It was like a week after. Yay. Um, so there are now champion fragments available at the bazaar for a new champion called, I don't know if he's new actually, he's probably not, Drexthar Blood Twin. So uh, his fragments are now available at the bazaar, which is really interesting because it means that anyone can purchase his fragments using gold bars in the tag team arena, which is a pretty cool idea. It might take a long time, but you can do it. Go you! Next point is the clan boss keys will now be spent after a battle finishes. Hooray! Only took two years, but here we are. Uh, that is a good thing. It never actually happened to me, but I can see that if it did happen to me, I'd be pretty pissed off. So, good fix. Platinum tier points farming fix. You can apparently only farm 100 points per day now in Platinum. No idea what that means or what the problem was, because I am so damn far from Platinum. Moving right along. Improved matchmaking logic in the tag arena. And the notes they put here was... We've put a lot of effort into adjusting the matchmaking log log logic for generating your opponent's list in Tag Team Arena. It will now be more balanced, and you should see opponent's list populated with defences closer to your strength. Good. I don't play a lot of Tag Arena, but now that I can get um, Drexvar Blood Twin, then I might. Because, uh, yeah, I need to rank up a bit so I can get more gold. Next point is changes to inactive player handling in the classic arena, and this is the big one. To ensure an active and competitive playing field, players that are in inactive in classic... I can't speak. <coughs> players that are inactive in classic arena offense battles will no longer show up in other players' opponents' lists. This change will be implemented as soon as the list of your opponents is refreshed, either manually or automatically. These are our first steps towards better matchmaking processes both in Tag Team and Classic Arena. We will continue to fine-tune them to make Arena play as fun and fair as possible. To be honest, over the last week I haven't noticed any massive changes. So maybe I'm just bad at Arena. I don't know. I don't know. I still think there are a lot of people in Bronze that perhaps shouldn't be there. Um... Maybe they log in, they play one match a day and they don't care whether they win or lose and yet they've got more powerful teams than perhaps need to be there and it pisses me off because I'm losing against teams that I really shouldn't be losing against and I'm pretty sure I'm just bad at arena. Moving on. The cooldown for offers with accessories in the bazaar has been reduced from two days to one. All I can say about that is huzzah. So if you want to buy some accessories now you can... Get them more frequently. Go you. You're amazing. Don't let anyone tell you you're not, because you are. Anyway, there are now three champions you can win from Fragments, one from the Bazaar and two from Challengers. That's pretty good. Even though it is difficult to get them from Challengers, if you can get at least some Fragments each time the challenge comes out, that means that every once in a while you will get them. And apparently you can only score a champion from Fragments once, which is fair. Um, so yeah, keep that in mind, but it's a way that you can work towards two legendary champions, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, hopefully there'll be more opportunities like that, and other ways, other methods 
to work towards some legendary champions added in the future, but this is a good first step. Now, next up, there was a Discord post from Valkyrie that was only posted a couple of days before this podcast, and as usual, it included a whole bunch of crap. Not crap. Valkyrie's probably an awesome person, and they just like to start and end their messages with some fluffy hellos and stuff, and that's fine. But the most important stuff for this podcast is... got a frog in my throat. I really should move the frog home to somewhere that's not in my throat, especially when doing podcasts. The most exciting news is that we're working on a video that will include a roadmap with the most significant features we're going to release in the nearest updates. This video will consist of info about the campfire location, advanced daily quest, you may have already heard about this, new champions, and of course, the void tower. So that's a really, really, really good, awesome thing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that video. I'm hoping it comes out within the next week or so, uh, just to see what's happening with the campfire location and Void Tower. They're the two things I'm really interested in. The advanced daily quests are also kind of interesting. Depends on what rewards you get out of that. Um, I think there's enough daily stuff to do at the moment. Maybe. But maybe I got into a, into a rut because... Um, there weren't enough. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. So we'll see what those advanced daily quests are, and there's going to be some new champions. So new stuff is coming. That is good. That's the one thing that people tend to complain about the most. So yay, new stuff. So they then went on to say, I won't provide you with many details about these features, since watching a video is way more exciting and informative. True. Can't argue with you, Valkyrie. Good logic. Also, a huge rebalance is coming, and we do hope you'll like it. Our moderators helped us to collect a list of the most popular champions in the community that needed a buff. Fair enough. Do it. Um, Hopefully I've got a whole bunch of them. That'll be tops. Also, lastly, they said, Guys, we're working hard on a new update for you to release it as soon as we can. Thus, as of right now, we plan to release it, which will be called the 2.20 update at the end. Sorry, in the middle of September. But as always, we will be able to provide you with a more accurate ETA closer to the release. Cool. All good things, really. Nothing wrong with any of those things. And that's the news. Doing my news dance. I'm not really doing a news dance. I don't even have a news dance. I don't know why I said that. Moving on to this week's discussion. So this week's discussion is, because it's the positivity episode, why is Raid a good game? Why do I enjoy playing it? Why do you enjoy playing it? Why do people in general enjoy playing it? And why do I think other people should play it? I think it gets a bad rap. One from, you know, too much advertising. You still advertise too much. In fact, I've noticed much more advertising on YouTube again. I thought they were going to be slowing down on advertising, but nope. Maybe they lost a bunch of players and they need to get some new ones back. But anyway, I think the game gets a bad rap because it's a mobile game. It's a free-to-play game. And there still is a bit of a stigma in the gaming community about mobile games and free-to-play games. And I I would... I was very anti-free-to-play games for a long time until I fell in love with Warframe. And then I started playing a whole bunch of other games like that, such as Paladins on PC and consoles, um, Smite, uh, 
God, what was that other game? Heroes of the Storm. That was a cool game. So there's lots of different games that I used to play that were free to play. And I realized that there's a lot of value in free to play. But I always still hated, for some reason, mobile games. And I don't know why. I had no reason to. I guess it was because I didn't feel like I had the time to play mobile games. Now, I live in Melbourne, Australia. And Melbourne, Australia is in freaking stupid ass lockdown. So I am in lockdown and I have been basically stuck in my house for the last six months. I am able to work from home in my day job, so that's a wonderful thing. But it does mean that I've got a lot more time sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And that's why I picked up Raid. And I've actually learned that there are a bunch of really good free-to-play mobile games out there. Um, I've mentioned uh, a couple of episodes ago that I was playing Skullgirls Mobile. I mentioned last episode, I think, that I was playing Mortal Kombat Mobile. All of these are gacha games, very similar to Raid, so you can kind of see what I like. But I've also played a whole bunch of other games that are really, really fun. And I really hope that other people are starting to get exposed to more mobile games. Or maybe it was just me that was one of the sticklers, one of the slow people to end up in mobile gaming land. However... One of the good things about Raid is that not only can you play it on mobile, but you can also play it on PC. And I think that is an outstanding idea on behalf of Plarium. Because Raid is very much the type of game that you need to dedicate time to. And I think that's also another reason why the game is actually really, really good. Games that you don't have to dedicate time to really fall into that Mobile, five minutes, that's all I want to do. If I get something in five minutes, hooray for me. Otherwise, I've spent five minutes playing this game and I enjoyed it. Raid is not that kind of game. Yes, yes, you can play for five minutes if you really want to and just get a couple of missions knocked out. But if you've got real goals in the game, you need to be playing a hell of a lot more than five minutes. And the fact that you can actually play the very same game on PC is what makes it... And, and not only that, it's the game is completely cross-save. So you can stop playing on your phone, pick it back up on the PC, and you pick it back up in exactly the same place you finished. Not halfway through a match, but you know what, I, what I'm saying. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Because it means that... While I'm out and about, if I'm sitting on a train, I know I'm in lockdown, but this is just an example. If I'm sitting on a train, I can play Raid for an hour or so while I'm on the train, going to work, coming back from work, and then I can come straight to my PC and continue. So I can knock out a whole bunch of time wherever the hell I am. Is that always a good thing? Does that mean that maybe we're, st we're stuck in a game for too long? Yeah, that can be a problem. Um, and there is a lot of grind in Raid, but that's not what I'm here to to talk about. This isn't a complaining episode, this is the positivity episode, and I think it's a good thing uh, that a game like Raid found its footing on mobile and then was able to expand upon itself onto the PC. One of the reasons I like being able to play it on PC is because I can do other things while queuing up a whole bunch of... Um, farming missions basically and letting that just happen in the background while I focus on other things. So the process of feeding 
shitty champions to awesome champions in order to make the awesome champions even awesomer. It's a good idea, but I still think it takes too long. However, even though it takes long, I can just set it up on my PC and do something else while that's happening. And I think that's a pretty good idea too. I also like, some people don't like auto battlers, but I like auto battlers for that purpose because the game can just play itself. I guess what it does mean though is that you can get lazy and just expect the game is going to beat everything for you and find that, oh no, I'm beating my head up against a wall on this boss. But if you only actually took over, turned off auto and played it yourself, you'd probably beat the boss. You know, that can be a problem as well, but I guess that's more of a, a personal issue than an issue with the game. I think the um, complexity of the game is actually really good too, in terms of the way that artifacts work, the way that starring works, the way that the rarity of items work uh, is really good. Um, the way that stats work with your champions and the way that you can uh, sort of impact their stats by choosing certain artifacts um, that have either attack or defense values and things like that. And that will have a massive, massive impact on the way that that champion works. And having to understand the intricacies of the game in that way also makes it really, really enjoyable and make, means it's got a real deep RPG aspect to it that I think a lot of people miss because they don't play the game en enough uh, or as much as they could. So that's another really good thing. And Plarium is building on that, which I think is really cool. I think one thing the game is missing, and I think I've said this before, is cosmetics. Um, people do like to make things look cool, make things look th their their own kind of way, and having skins for characters or skins for whatever would be good. Putting artifacts on on your champion and not seeing any change uh, on the champion themselves is kind of weird. But there are hundreds of champions, so it does... <sighs> You've got to sort of look at it from a different kind of way. Uh, and I am open to that with, uh, with, with Raid. Although I do like being able to customize uh, certain things myself. So it is something that I think is kind of missing from Raid. Um, I like the fact that Arena is asynchronous PvP. I don't like PvP because I feel like shit when I lose. But if I know I'm not actually playing against a carry another player and I'm playing against AI for basically builds that they've created, that's a really cool idea. I feel less bad about losing to them. <laughs> Maybe that reflects on me, but it definitely reflects on me. But still, um, I like that. I think it's great. I also really like the clan boss idea. Very different approach to a clan raid um it's weird that this game is actually called raid because there's no raiding at least in the traditional rpg sense um you do all band together to take down the big bosses but it's asynchronous again and you know that's a that's a really really cool different idea uh, I like the idea of the dungeons all having different rewards that w that uh, impact your champions in different ways. You know, so I think there are a lot of fresh, different ideas, some of which have been borrowed or extrapolated from other, other games. Uh, but I think it's a good collection of ideas that makes Raid a really, really good, enjoyable game. That doesn't work for everybody, certainly works for me. Um, I've 
convinced a whole bunch of people to play and join my um, my clan on raid, but everyone just stops playing. So I think I've got 10 or 15 people now in my clan, and some of them haven't played in six weeks, and that's a bit disappointing, but it is very much the type of game that is made for people that like certain things, and that is collecting. It's a gacha game after all, so... If you enjoy raid, you probably like collecting things and grinding. If you don't like grinding, why the hell are you playing raid? Uh, there's a lot of people... Grinding gets a bad rap as well. A lot of people complain about grinding because it's boring or whatnot. And grinding can be boring. But the idea behind grinding is interesting, in my opinion. And I personally like it. It's a weird thing to say, but it's true. So yeah, I think there are a lot of different aspects of Raid that band together to make it a good game. Sure, there are plenty of things that work against all of those ideas and can, at times, make it frustrating and annoying, but that's the same with every game. And like uh, our friend Khan said in the review... Plarium really is doing their best to work towards fixing things, and I know there are a lot of people out there who are super, super cray-cray ne negative, and they will just say, oh, yeah, you're a white knight for the developer. Uh, cool. Good for me. Give me my white knight suit. And shine me up, baby. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Go raid. You're fun. Agree or disagree? Send an email to info at raidpodcastlegends, all one word raidpodcastlegends.com that's me on to the beginner tip as I mentioned at the start Clinton sent some arena tips so I'm just going to read them out exactly as Clinton said them and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on them target the strongest 1 to 5 teams on your opponent's list that seems like a weird thing to say Target the strongest one to five teams on your opponent's list. The reason is team power ratings are bullshit. The easy teams are likely to be just as nasty as the hard ones, but you'll gain fewer points for winning and drop big for losing. Now that's a really, really good tip. If you lose against the, the hard teams, the strongest teams, you lose fewer points. And if you beat them, you get a shit ton more points. So that's actually a really good tip. However, I don't, myself, I haven't really experienced that power ratings are bullshit. I do find that if I am way over the power ratings of other teams, I do easily beat them. But I do come across the odd occasional one that destroys the shit out of me. And yeah, I do drop big time for losing to those guys. So, interesting tip is interesting. He then continues to say, but challenge the top teams carefully. Yes, I'm nodding thoughtfully. Identify who the speed booster, nuker, debuff champions are on the other team. Now, I guess I haven't played enough to know who those ones are. I know some of them. I know that Kale, for example, is a nuker. Pain in the ass. Sometimes can take out my entire team with one shot. Uh, speed boosters... Uh, there's a pocket apothecary, 
you know, I'm starting to come across some of those, but I know that they're really mid-tier speed boosters and uh, nukers. I know there are much, much better ones, so I really need to start figuring that out. He goes on to say, decide the risk of being able to outspeed the speed lead <laughs> or killing the nuker before they get their shot off or being able to survive that first nuke and retaliating effectively. And I think at the moment where I'm sitting is needing to be able to survive the first nuke and retaliating effectively. That's where I'm at at the moment. I really need to work on improving my speed. For example, I've started to avoid Seeker, High Cartoon, Skull Crown and Zargala or Kale teams. So, fair point. I do find I get my ass kicked by High Cartoon and Skull Crown. Zargala and Seeker, um, I, I don't think I've really encountered enough to even remember who they are. But High Cartoon and uh, Skull Crown absolutely kick my ass in every single encounter I've had with them. Kale, I find, is 50-50. Some, because I'm, I am a Kale... I don't want to say I'm a Kale main because there isn't really any mains in Raid, which is interesting. Uh, but Kale is one of my mains that I have worked. He was my first six-star champion. So, you know, I've got a good Kale myself. So I find myself 50-50 against Kales. Some of them just smash me and some of them I smash. So, interesting. Basically, any setup of two speed boosters and two nukers is what you want to look for because these teams are extremely confident in their one-punch KO power. So that means the speed boosters are going to speed everyone up so that they get the first attack and those two nukers are going to kill everyone on your team in that one-punch initial hit. My personal preference through silver has been nukers first, followed closely by supports, especially those with res, then healers, then defense and HP tanks. Interesting. I'll lump speed boosters into the support category. Hmm. Some of them have extra utility that makes them a pain in the ass and worth killing even after the couple turns. turns. So, this is really interesting. They're all good tips. I know I said I was going to read the whole thing out and then give my... Um, thoughts on it, but then I went and gave my thoughts while I was reading them out. Hey, shit happens, doesn't it? They're good tips, but I still think I don't have enough ex experience to know who the nukers are. Um, I mean, for example, look at what I'm doing. I'm, I'm looking to build my Gorgorab. Gorgorab is a support. He's a healer. A support with res. His res is awesome because it reses everyone. Um, at the same time, that's why I wanted to focus on him, but clearly he shouldn't be who I'm building my team around. I really should be finding some good nukers and building my team around them and including Gorgorab and probably one massively awesome speed booster. So I need two nukers, I need a super, super speed booster, possibly one of the nukers, and uh, Gorgorab. So I think that's good tips probably where I need to be and choosing the top teams is also an interesting thing as well so uh, I'm going to I have tested it out a little over the last two weeks however when I read these tips two weeks ago I read them wrong because embarrassingly I thought he said just target the first five teams on your list just the top five, one, two, three, four, five going down in order. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought. 
So for the last two weeks, I've just been fighting against those top five teams, and I'm finding some of them were kicking my ass and some of them were not, and some of them were those very easy teams that were just as nasty as the hard ones, as he's put it. So, yeah, that's on me for reading it incorrectly, but I still thought this would be a good uh, episode to do the arena tips in, and we'll see how we're going in two weeks, because my goal is, of course to get to silver we'll see how that goes anyway that rounds things out nicely for the end of episode 10 if you have been enjoying things if you felt like khan storms rage and um things were getting a little bit too negative things are going to change from here on out but please do provide me with your feedback i have of course realized that you are the people who should be driving the show because you're the ones listening. Now, I did touch on the fact that I won't be having a second uh, person, not anytime soon, because I just don't have time. I like recording this in half an hour, editing it in 15 minutes, and then uploading it and being done within an hour. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. With my other podcast for Warframe, it, each episode's an hour and a half with me and my uh, my colleague, and recording takes two hours, editing takes two hours, uploading takes, uh, it's, yeah, it's a whole night in itself. This one hour, I'm done, and I really like it that way. For the moment, things may change, but just putting that out there in case you thought that was your tip for me, get a co-host, not gonna happen. Sorry. Um, but yeah, other things, if you'd like me to include or stop doing or whatever, let me know because I'm going to keep recording this show. Why not? People are listening to it. I'm getting some feedback now. Let me make the show that you want to listen to. I'll put it that way. Anyway, keep an eye out in two weeks for episode 11. If you are enjoying or whatnot, like, subscribe, share, review, all of those cool things. See you in two weeks. Love you long time. Bye.